Welcome to Do That Well. I'm your host, Brenda Brown, and with me, executive coach Karen Thrall. Today on Do That Well, we're going to continue our series on Do Speaking Your Mind Well. And today's topic is taking responsibility. Last week on Do That Well, we talked about honoring your voice and what an important step that is in your journey to speak your mind well. We've decided that taking responsibility is a really important aspect of honoring your voice. This is a scary topic. It has pushed some major buttons for us as we have been unpacking this topic, but that's why we know it's so important for us to go here. And we're going to take responsibility right now, (laughs) knowing that we might push some buttons for you too. We're probably going to push some boundaries. But we believe that this is a very important topic for ourselves and for all of you listening that are on your journey to speaking your voice, speaking your mind, (laughs) honoring your voice. For me, as we have, Karen and I, as we've been talking about this topic, I really came to realize we have very different approaches to what taking responsibility means. We approach this in completely different ways. For me, I am a person that tends to maybe take too much responsibility. It can be a little scary. It can ruin my day because I will take too much responsibility. And Karen, I know that taking responsibility for you is something that you are constantly working towards and and actively trying to do. So we are coming at this from opposite ends, which is actually really cool because I think that it's going to give us a lot of perspective on this topic. To dive right in, Karen, I shared just now that I tend to maybe take too much responsibility, but I'm wondering for yourself, when do you think in your life it's most important to take responsibility? I know for me personally, it's my emotions. That's the one I think I've had to do the most work on is how to take responsibility for my emotions. So if somehow I have a, a habit, we'll call it a habit, of um, lawyering. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I build this incredible narrative and case that defends my, my how I'm feeling. And so I can justify my emotions and it makes perfect sense. And, um, and, you know, if I use Corey and I, uh, when we first started dating, I would find myself really self-protecting and I wouldn't take responsibility for my emotions because my emotions were valid because they are sharing a story and, you know, I'm passionate. And as I've been working on this, I'm realizing, no, I actually need to take responsibility for my emotions. Somehow I've justify that I can be super emotional and really do I do I really need to be that emotional sometimes when I'm talking you know and um and that's specifically to me and Corey you know (laughs) Uh, because I find like in your most comfortable place I I know for me I can relax a bit more and maybe maybe let it all out let it all out you know so for me yes definitely uh, taking responsibility with my emotions would be the biggest learning curve I've had to, to do. Yeah. And I want to backtrack just a minute here because I think that 
for the audience, they're probably already starting to understand what we mean when we say taking responsibility, just from your example. But when we talk about taking responsibility, we're specifically looking in the context of when you are talking to somebody else and when there might be an air of conflict or when you might be having a conversation where they're opposing viewpoints. So there's usually a a bit of tension. Mm -hmm. And how do you take responsibility in those scenarios? And so I I just wanted to go ahead and paint that picture a little bit because I think Mm -hmm. that that is where we're trying to really find the the bread and butter of this conversation. Yeah, Yeah, because to me, um, I want to own it. It's that whole self-accountability, self-direction. It's interesting to hear you say that for you, taking responsibility, you need it the most when you're talking about your emotions or when your emotions are involved. And when I say that I have the tendency to take too much responsibility, it's also an emotional act, really. And you actually just now in this moment make me question if when I say that I'm taking responsibility, maybe I'm not. Because I think that when I'm taking, when I think that I'm taking responsibility, to give you an example, if I'm working on a group project and everyone that did the group project only did 80% and I might've only done 80%, maybe I did 85 because I'm an overachiever, but the feedback on this group project is you guys, you only get an 80% because I can tell that you only did 80% work. And I would immediately take it upon myself to say, oh my gosh, yes, I only did, I I did 60%. I didn't help at all. And I should have done better to make sure that everybody else was hitting 100%. Like, how come I didn't do that? And hearing you say that it's this emotional place, I start to wonder, like, maybe that actually isn't me taking responsibility because I'm also coming from this place of emotion in a, in a circumstance like that. Yeah. Okay. It's funny because this whole thing on building a narrative, like I, I, there is something about, I want to justify how I'm feeling before I take responsibility for how I'm feeling, you know? So in the moment, I think I'm brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I think the way I'm expressing myself, and with my emotions is fantastic. And then to soon find out, no, actually, it was not fantastic at all. And it was it was unnecessary and it was harsh or sarcastic or uh, curt or overreacting, you know, all these lovely qualities. And then then I once I've calmed down and, you know, time has gone by, then I start to go, ah, should I? Yeah, I probably not have said it with so much force, you know, or so much lawyer in me that wants to win, you know, so and that it's after my emotions come down, then I start going, wait a second, I could have done that a whole lot better, you know, and so then I take responsibility. And I think what's frustrating for me is I, and it's a work in progress. Like, am I better than I was five years ago? Yes. Do I have work to do? Yes. (laughs) You know, but I would, I look forward to getting quicker and quicker and quicker on taking responsibility for my emotions immediately, like right in the moment. Hang on. Whoa, wait, just a second. I'm getting charged up here. Just give me a second. And, and just that I'm excited to be more consistent with that. 
but right now it, it's a mm, sometimes I am and sometimes I'm not. So I'm still it's still something I'm I'm working on. That's so important what you just said. It's a work in progress. At the top of the episode, I was saying this is a scary topic. It does push our buttons, but that is why it's so important for us to talk about because we are constantly trying to do better. I mean, we have a podcast called Do That Well, Karen. <laughs> you guys are listening to Do That Well. We're trying to, you know, yeah. and you we want to do better. You know, it's cool because when you and I, Brenda and I were talking about the people listening are similar to us. Um, we've noticed the people listening are people that really um, are interested in growing and learning more about how, you know, learning more about themselves, you know, learning how to become better at just living life. So it's fun when I get responses, when you get responses, Brenda, that we're all kind of all on the same page, discovering, you know. But I wanted to ask you a question because um, like while we were prepping, and I was thinking about when I coach and one of the biggest things I do, and I'm sure many coaches do this, is I ask when somebody's exploring, I'm listening to them explore, I ask them for their earliest memory where they were successful. So if they're exploring uh, public speaking, I'm going to say, "When's think of the earliest time you had to speak in front of people. Oh, well, I was five and, you know, and like they'll, and so then I anchor them in a memory in their childhood to prove that who they are as a child back then is still alive and well within them. So I wanted to ask you, like taking responsibility, what is your earliest memory of where you, you made a choice to take responsibility? Okay, so I'll give you a chance to think about it because I'm throwing you on the spot. And I was thinking about myself. And I remember at 16, I just got my driver's license. Um, and it, I was in Montreal and it was snowing. It was like February, I guess, because that's when I would have turned 16. And it, the sun was shining and the snow was a bit slushy. And I slid into the back of another car. So I had a little bit of a fender bender. So I went home and... I, it, it, it cost $186. This <laughs> is wild that I can remember that. It cost $186. And my parents did not ask me to pay for it. And I knew, okay, this is what's crazy. At 16, I knew that it was a sign of character for me to take responsibility for this fender bender. And I took $186 out of my savings account and I gave it to my dad. Not because they asked, because something innately in me knew I need to take responsibility. Like this, this is actually one of those uh, in the closet thing, like where there's nobody watching, but I need to know that I'm doing the right thing, you know, even though nobody's asking me to do it. I knew for me, I had to do it. So I'm throwing the question back at you. What is your earliest memory where you knew taking responsibility was a good thing? Okay, I have an example. This is going to show you how deeply it's rooted in me to take responsibility, but I think it's also going to paint how I know how to not take responsibility, which I, I know is also important. When I was in elementary school, I don't even remember. I was probably seven or eight. I was very, very young. I was outside playing a ball game with a friend. 
has had one of those bouncy balls and we were just passing it back and forth. <laughs> it was raining because I grew up in Washington, a lot of rain. And we were under the covered walkway. Apparently, at recess, you are not supposed to play under the covered walkway. You're supposed to be out in the rain where the play toys are. I was a, I was a crafty kid. I was trying to not get rained on. So I was under <laughs> the walkway. I got in trouble and I got sent to the principal's office. And I remember sitting in the principal's office and hearing this lecture about how I wasn't supposed to be playing ball under the covered walkway. And then I had to spend my next recess writing a little essay in the library about what lesson I had learned. And I very distinctly remember not arguing back and thinking to myself, okay, I got in trouble. I don't see why I got in trouble, but I did. So I have to go and I have to go into the library and I have to write my little essay and I'm going to do it. And I, you know, I followed and I, I admit that I was wrong, but I also very distinctly remember writing in my essay, I did not know that I wasn't supposed to play there. And so I was admitting, I said, I will, I don't know, probably wasn't very eloquent because I was seven or something. <laughs> I remember writing something to the effect of I was playing in the wrong spot. I wasn't supposed to be playing here, but I didn't know I wasn't supposed to be playing here. And it was really important to me that I put that piece in there because I didn't feel that I had did anything wrong, but I was still willing to accept that I had done something wrong. And how old were you? Probably seven or eight. I was really young. (laughs) Do you remember if they commented on it after? I don't. I don't recall. Well, and to this day, that actually is, that is a a button for me. I really have a hard time if I am reprimanded for something, if I didn't know what I'm being reprimanded for going into it. So to give you an example, I actually remember, okay, Karen, I actually remember this is when I was working at Fluvog, and I remember... I don't even remember the exact thing that happened, but I remember you telling me something that I had done incorrectly or um, didn't, maybe I didn't do it at all. I don't even, it was like a report or something. I'm about to get confronted. (laughs) But I remember thinking to myself, well, I didn't even know I was supposed to do that. And, Uh and you probably didn't even know that was my narrative because I took responsibility for it. And I was like, okay, I did this wrong. I'll make sure I do it right the next time. But I remember thinking to myself, this is so frustrating because I didn't even know I was supposed to do it to begin yeah. with. Yeah. So these these sorts of stories, I guess, kind of paint what I mean when I say I tend to take a lot of responsibility. However, today is about taking responsibility. Yeah. And, and going back to the flu bike, probably. <laughs> <laughs> You probably didn't know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so here, how about this as a segue for people in the workplace? It, I, we are just, I mean, look at this is brilliant, actually. It's a good reminder to uh, people out there who are managing bosses, directors that always um, take responsibility for the information before getting upset with your employees. Like take responsibility because you don't, you need to find out if they, it was clearly communicated 
and that you they were clearly trained clearly resourced like that's a really important thing so it's actually good that you brought that up because look it's true it is very frustrating for employees if they get reprimanded or in trouble for something they didn't even know they did wrong and i think you can start to see in these examples how taking responsibility is so directly tied to speaking your mind it's that communication piece it's knowing when you should own your actions or your behaviors, but that also articulate if there's a place where communication fell short from the other side. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what is your, when you're um, empowering somebody about taking responsibility, what, what are yeah. your tricks of the trade? I would start asking them all the questions that I would ask myself if I was trying to problem solve or come to a solution with a situation. So rather than telling them, okay, you need to do X, Y, and Z, I started asking questions such as, tell me more about why you feel that way. Have, have you felt this way in the past when someone has done this? Can you tell me more about the situation? Like what exactly happened? And I would start to walk them through to really get to the meat and of what the issue was and then it would turn into well what would you want to say to that person how would you go about saying it and basically slowly encourage them to figure out what they were going to do about it mm -hmm. it's tricky like it's it is easier to take responsibility for myself you know to look at my own and analyze my own life it's hard when you uh, it's borderline judgy, so it's a it's a tricky it's tricky because it's hard when you almost wish someone would take responsibility for their own actions. Like deep down, you have this like inner secret that like oh, I just wish if they would just take responsibility for their actions or their behavior. So that's why I was asking a question like, what do you do when when you want to coach? And it's life coaching, truly, you know. And you want somebody to maybe take some more ownership. And so that they can thrive, you know, you want them to take ownership so they can excel and grow and, and become everything they're supposed to be. So it's, it's another part of taking responsibility that for people that are listening that are more coach oriented, you know, that are more, that are the listeners that are the life coaches, you know, like it is, it is. How do topic. you, how do you go about it? Because you, you do coach people. I mean, this is actually what you do for a living so how how do you approach it yeah. if someone's coming to you uh, how do you try to direct them to take responsibility so there's a there's a depends on the story okay so that definitely depends on what the person's um sorting out if they are angry with somebody else with an employee or a colleague or whoever um, I definitely want to hear the story because in the story they tell, there are secrets, little nuggets just floating around in there. So I'm listening to all the nuggets because their subconscious is, is trying so hard to get out and figure this thing out. So the first thing I do is I listen for the gold in it because every, every hardship has you know, hear it over and over again. Wow. After I, after I got through it, it was like one of the best gifts that ever happened to me. You know, hardships, when you overcome them, become one of the greatest learning gifts in your life. You know, they're very memorable. So I listen for the gold. And then um, 
I, I try to pick apart the emotions as in specifically, like what specifically do your emotions mean? So if they say, um, I feel disrespected, I try to figure out what exactly that word means to them. So I do that. I break down their emotions to get very, very clear, narrow it down. And usually by the end, I will say, so you're mad at yourself. Because many times, more times than not, when we get angry at somebody else, we're actually angry at ourselves for allowing that person to affect us or have this kind of power over us. We're, we're mad at ourselves for allowing somebody else to come into our space and mess it all up or whatever. So I try to get to that point where, and then once we're at, well, what, why are you mad at yourself for this? Now we're in, now we're in self, um, now we're in taking responsibility. So, but it's a process, you know, you, you start here and, you know, talk, you start with the raw and then you get into the specifics and then you get into yourself. And by the time you get to yourself, then, oh, then oh, it's fantastic. You can see, it's really interesting. People like taking responsibility. They just, they just need help navigating that. They don't want to take responsibility until it's time. So the, one of the biggest um, deterrents is I'm not taking responsibility for their behavior. So it's like, and you don't want to say that to somebody because they're going to like, wait, what are you talking about? You want me to take responsibility for their behavior? No. So you have to start with the story there, you know, and then by the time, and then you get to why you mad at yourself. And then they start taking responsibility for themselves, which is awesome. It's a, it's a win. It's very, very rare. Actually, I want to say hundred percent of the time when we leave those kind of conversations, there's a strength that got regained. Oh, I just want to point out really quickly that something that both you and I brought up was specificity and specifics that when you are taking responsibility, it is really, I think you said earlier, even about the narrative that you build up, it's about getting to the, (laughs) the point of what is really, how are you really feeling about it? Because I think that, something that can hinder us from taking responsibility is when we build up a narrative or a story in our head that is away from the situation. So an example that I know you and I have talked about before is if you have a boss that micromanages you. I think that's something that we might have felt ourselves at some point. But when you think of that, And then if you start to go into the specifics, well, why do I feel micromanaged? Have I been micromanaged before? Is it that I'm being micromanaged or is it that they're asking me for more information than I feel comfortable giving? And the next thing you know, it's no longer I have a boss that micromanages me. It turns into I have a boss that is very detail-oriented and wants to have all the specifics of what I'm doing day in and day out. And I don't like giving that much detail because it makes me feel like I am losing my autonomy or whatever it may be. But do you see how rather than placing that blame on my boss, I'm actually just realizing for myself how I can take responsibility in that situation? Something that kept coming up in me, and I'm very curious to see if you can relate to this or if this is something that has ever happened to you. And I was just wondering if you ever look at your life and have a regret about um, 
encounters. I'll give you an example. Okay, I'm throwing myself under the bus. Okay, so um, before I moved to San Diego, um, I lived in Vancouver. And, um, I, and when I lived in Vancouver, I'd go to Palm Springs to play golf every January. That was my, my, my holidays, my vacation. And um, one year I had to catch a taxi to the airport. It was my first year there, actually. And I didn't know how long it took to drive from where I was to the airport. Now, Palm Springs seven minutes it doesn't I don't care where you are to say seven because seven minutes is probably how long maybe 12 max okay but I don't know that came from Vancouver where I need to you know it takes about sometimes 32 minutes to an hour so the taxi driver showed up and got lost so now I'm a little late so and it's 5 30 in the morning I'm tired I get in the taxi and he's talking and I'm flustered and so I said, can you please stop talking? <laughs> oh, gosh. Can you please stop talking? I'm really tired. I just want to be quiet. Okay. Um, and he just got <laughs> quiet. And so, oh, oh, man. Okay, so... I get to the airport by the time I get to the airport and it's five three in the morning. Yes. I can tell you all the reasons, whatever, but I felt really bad. So I gave him a really big tip. <laughs> my tip was my way of going, Oh wow. Like that was harsh. And if you, in the context, it was harsh. Like it's, he, he wasn't doing anything wrong. So that would be a very small example of when I have a behavior that, I'm not proud of, but there's nothing I can do about it. And I, I have these kind of memories where I, I also think, I wonder if I, huh, <laughs> like, I'm not sure. And I was just wondering, do you ever have regrets on certain behaviors? And I, for me, because taking responsibility for my emotions or my reactions is what I'm working on and have been working on and continue to work on and I'm happily working on. Um, I, I, because of that, I do also have stories where those emotions were inappropriate, not, not necessary. So that's a, a small example. I mean, I got to give him a big tip. So, you know, that's good. So I feel a little better, but no, but still, you know, and I was, and, but I, I am left with regret. I am, I, I do struggle with, uh, regretting those moments because I wish I knew then so I could have again caught myself in the emotion stopped it so I was curious if you have any memories of regretting some of your or not taking responsibility yeah. oh yes I mean, a hundred times yes there's definitely been times that I can think of that I didn't take responsibility and we'll look at it I don't feel regret it be it's more of a guilt for me like, I feel guilty for that behavior. However, you a moment ago were saying that you try to learn or you try to take away from it how you can learn to do differently moving forward. And I really try to focus on that piece for myself. Uh, so rather than f sinking into the regret or the guilt, I try to just have compassion for who I am and remember that I'm just a human and humans make mistakes and try to unpack how I can do better the next time. So I, I try to make it into a learning, you know, a lesson for myself. 
So, okay, this is great because it's causing me to think this for anybody listening. So I asked you, have, do you have, and you said, well, I have guilt for some of the ways I behaved and not being able to take responsibility for that in the moment. Times, time has passed and you go, ah, you know, and I said, I have regret because I really wish I would have caught myself in time and pressed reset right in the moment so that I could, uh, you know, it would just be a healthier me. Okay. And hopefully if you feel that way, yours is called guilt, mine's called regret, that there's people listening and, and we're both saying the same thing. However, I cannot change the chapters in my book, my life's book that are already written, but I can, there's new pages being written. And in these new pages, I can learn from those mistakes and become and keep going like don't stop keep going and I think there's a and you said compassion it's so good because there is that self-compassion and what I love when I talk to people who are older you know and elderly um, in their 80s 90s they laugh they get to a point where those stories that I may regret or that you feel guilty about or whatever they find them so funny I remember, you know, and they just, they, they tell all like they, it's not a big deal. And so there's def definitely something that happens as you let it go and you see it as it shaped me for, to who I am today, you know, and sometimes I'll shout out to the air. Sorry. <laughs> uh, if anybody can hear this, I'm sorry about that. Sorry. <laughs> you know, I know, but, and, you know, kind of pay it forward. So it's interesting. So it may, you know, there, this might be something, even though we're, being a bit spontaneous right now, I wonder if this is a conversation that other people can really identify. Yeah, I agree. With. And you, when you said just now, you know, if you talk to somebody that's older and it, they'll laugh about it or it'll be something that has shaped them, that is also a form of taking responsibility, right, for their actions. But just retroactively, like mm -hmm. I was saying a, a moment ago, which is cool because it shows you that it's never too late to take responsibility you don't take responsibility for something in the moment it doesn't mean that you can't go back and take responsibility later yeah which is why going back to where we started this episode taking responsibility is such a crucial part of honoring your voice and in the grander scheme of why it's a crucial part of speaking your mind because you need to be able to take responsibility for your voice and understand where it stands in the room, in the world, in conversations, if you want to truly speak your mind. Well, that's all we have for today. <laughs> a lot of musing. Thank you for coming on this journey with us. We've really learned a lot about what res taking responsibility means to us and the different ways that it can look. You know, we've learned what it looks like in ourselves, what it looks like to encourage other people to take responsibility, what it looks like to not take responsibility, to take it after the fact. But the important part is that you, you do take responsibility, ultimately. Mm -hmm. Next week, we'll do another topic on Do Speaking Your Mind Well. We'll see you there. <laughs>